So it's really good to see everybody this morning. Again, I'm Pastor Rich Lee, pastor here. And yeah, Christmas is right around the corner three days from now. And we're actually going to end our series today on the promise. And we know we've been around us the last three or four weeks, so you can go online. We've been talking about the songs of Christmas. We talked about Mary's song when, God, when the, the angel interrupted her life. We talked about Zachariah's song when the angel interrupted his life. And then we talked about the angels when they interrupted the shepherd's life. And today, we're going to talk about Simeon. It's another guy. I love Simeon because Simeon, I can relate to Simeon because he's a boomer. He's one of the boomers. That's it. I know it took a while for you to catch it. I know it's Sunday morning. But it's amazing. I can deal with that because I want to ask you guys a question. How do you respond when you have to wait on something or someone longer than you expected? How do you respond in today's life? Like when you go to Walmart and you ask them to get the thing quickly. How, long, how do you respond when you're in a long line and someone takes out cash? Because they don't use their credit card anymore. How do you respond? What's your face look like? And you're hoping the cashier sees you like it's going to change or anything? <laughs> what we're talking about today, the one word when we talk about faith, the one we don't like, the word wait. The word wait. Remember we talked about last, last week that God's perfect time and the fullness of time. He sent forth his son. That means the perfect time. God has a perfect time for every promise has a perfect time for every promise. And today we're going to talk about Simeon, who was waiting for a while to hear um, from a promise that God gave him years before. And if you're in your Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. Now, so now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And he, this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it's been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do to him according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Well, you bless God. And said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles. That's good news. That's us. And to the glory to your people, Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We ask for that light to enlighten our heart. We ask for the Holy Spirit to speak through me, to speak through to us. And we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you remember when we kicked off a couple, a couple weeks ago, we talked about what a name means. You know about Simeon, it means God hears. And right now, God is, I mean, Jesus is about 40 days old. I'm going to give you a little background on what's going on. After he was born, eight days after he was born, Jesus was, was, um, cru was crucified. He was actually uh, circumcised. And then there's a law, to the law of Moses, that the parents were unclean. So that Mary had to wait at least 33 days before she can go into the temple. And what they would do is present the very first son, which was Jesus, back to the Lord like we do child dedication. But also they had to, uh, they had to uh, perform a sacrifice to declare them clean again. So this is about 40 days in, and they're in the temple doing the things with the, what the law said for them to do. And Simon, he's waiting. God gave him a promise that he would see the Messiah, in his days, before he went to sleep, 
and he's waiting. And we see Simon was an ordinary guy, ordinary man like me and you, waiting on a promise from God. I mean, got promises from God you're still waiting on. Waiting, but he wasn't an inactive waiter. He was an active waiter. See, when God asks you to wait, he doesn't make you sit down and wait for something to happen. Remember, we talked about he loves to hit moving targets. In fact, in the middle of your waiting is a point that you're going to build a deeper relationship with him. So when you receive the promise, you won't disqualify yourself because now you're ready to receive it. Amen? So really what he was, basically, Simon was what I call a patient faith. He had patient faith. How many love faith? How many don't like the word patient in front of faith? How many know God is always on time? How many know God, when he gets on a track, he is not running a sprint? How many know every way state needs to sit down and wait? He sits down for a little while. I guess I'll get up 10 years from now and I'll keep walking. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait 20 years. But it's amazing. Every boomer in the Bible had to wait at least 25 years for something. I'm like, that is not encouraging. But he had patient faith. Let's look at what's going on with him. He said, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's very important. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that's really important, that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit. Everybody say in the Spirit. Into the temple when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the law. Again, as I told you, Jesus is approximately 40 days old. Now, here's the about thing about Simeon as they unpack it. Say he was righteous and he was devout. The word righteous means he had a right relationship with God. Now, this is before the Holy Spirit came. He had a right relationship with God. Then you say he was devout, which means this, that he was devout, that he had reverence for God. He had a healthy fear for God in the midst of waiting. He's had a right relationship with him, and he had a healthy fear and trusted God. And that's amazing when you look at that, how he describes him, this guy, every day going to the temple waiting. And the one thing you reel about, he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, wasn't he? So the Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Holy Spirit led him. But the greatest thing is the Holy Spirit revealed to him the promise. The very source of our revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Remember that. You can read, I read the Bible before I was born again. It made no sense to me. And sometimes I don't understand the things I'm reading. I have to ask God by your Holy Spirit, show me what this means. If I don't get it in the morning, I'll try again in the evening. But reveal this to me what you're trying to say. Apart from the Holy Spirit, all we have is try to work on information that runs out. Revelation stays forever. So your relationship grows through revelation. Not other people's revelation, but God has for you. Make sense? So that he's the very source. So the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now the greatest news now, since we're walking with Jesus, he's with us, he's in us, he's upon us, especially when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you can operate and be led and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. But you got to do this. God's a gentleman. He's not going to wake you up and say, hey, I'm here. You have to access him by spending that, some time with him. Even when you're waiting, 
even when you're waiting. One thing about it is waiting. And you say, how can he have patient faith? Because I got to learn this. I think Romans 4.21 says this. He was assured of what God was going to do. Isn't amazing? He was so assured that God said, yes, I'm going to do it. What was he waiting for? The comforter of Israel. The Messiah to save Israel. He was patiently waiting, but he had assurance. Like, it sounded like Abraham. It says, being fully assured that God had promised he was able to perform. Here's what I do when I'm feeling, say, Lord, I need some faith. He taught me this word. He taught me these three words. He said, Rich, the declaration of faith is God is able. What do you mean? I don't have, I don't have a clue how we're going to finish this building. God's able. My feelings be real. I don't think this is going to happen, God. That's my feeling. God is able. I got to put on. That's the declaration of faith. God is able. I don't have a job today. God is able. I feel sick. God is able. I don't see how this is going to work. God is able. You got to put down. Everyone said, God is able. God is able. See, every situation you're in, God has a plan. He is able and he's willing and he loves to take care of his children. But sometimes you get to that point that I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. You got to say, God is able. You got to hear, I mean, my grandmother, when she grew up, they always had a song. Mom always had, when she had cancer, always had a song and had God in it. I know this cancer's eating me up, but God is able. And she's singing, singing a song. Put her glasses on, put a robe on, sing a song. Why? God is able. In your life, someone needs to hear that today. God is able. You've been going through a lot of times in your life right now. God is able. But you got to declare it every single day. See, he wasn't an inactive waiter. He was an active waiter. God is able. How do you know that? He revealed it. Why would God lie? Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know me. Here a promise, and then the promise is supposed to take place in the temple. Do you know every day I go looking, are you the one? You ever been there? Is this it? Is this it? And you try to rush God. He doesn't want you to rush him. He wants you to trust him. You see, you know, is that it? <laughs> is, is that it? Because I remember as a kid, they used to give me those. Uh, now I don't know if they do that now. They put little dirt in the, in the uh, little container, and they put seeds in it, and you come to school every day. Is that it? it and one kid's grow up like this, and yours is like, man, what's going on? Am I, just a, am I a loser or what? And it takes forever. And you're like, every day you rush through it. Is that it? Simon didn't, Simeon didn't do that. Yeah, patient faith. I want you to stop trying to rush God, and I want you to start trusting God. Is that it? No, it's not it. No, that's not it. Not yet. Hey, God, well, let me help you out, God. You know, because, you know, me and, me and Sarah can't have a baby, so we'll, we'll create one. We'll, I'll do this plan. And, and at the end of the day, when they had Ishmael, God said, well, that's not it. We did everything we're supposed to do. That's the problem. You do what you're supposed to do, and I'll do the things you can't do. But you got to wait. You got to wait. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago, crockpot faith? 
Nothing like the crock pot. You got to wait. Why? God has the perfect timing. Hebrews 6.12 says this, we need to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. When I'm waiting, I find other people who are older in the faith that's been around longer, and I'm able to hear what they have to say. And it encourages me. Some of the leaders of our movement of every nation, I sat down one time with Pastor Phil, and it was just a whole week, it was a weekend, we went up to Midland, and he was telling me the old stories about, you know, we just saw this condemned building, and we said, that's ours, and we had no money. We had nothing to get this going. And next thing you know, all we had was faith, and, 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 and we had a faith in the Bible. Next thing you know, someone's showing up, and the neighbor's showing up to put this building together. That encouraged me when I'm trying to put, finish this building up. But you got to hang out with people with, you got to hang out with faith-filled people. Faith, let me tell you about faith-filled people. They'll intimidate you. Because they're thinking at a higher level. Anyway, one time I told the guy, I said, uh, yeah, he said, how's you? I said, man, we're working on trying to raise $200,000. He said, man, you know, my parking lot costs $2 million. <laughs> that put it in perspective. He said, it doesn't matter the size, Rich. Faith is faith. That encouraged me. Patient faith. But you got to be active. And what God's doing is preparing you for that promise. So at the perfect time that you receive it, you'll realize something. Now, perfect faith, if you keep it, if you have faith and you have endurance and you have all the things you need, your patience, I mean, love patience. iPhone destroyed patience, didn't it? (laughs) You'll stick around long enough you'll see the promise fulfilled. If you stick around and stick, stay with God, you'll see that promise that he gave you fulfilled in a way you never ex- expected. Look at this. He took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. What he's saying, according to your word, he's saying God always fulfills his word. Everything in this Bible, is, has it been fulfilled or is being fulfilled? Everything. There's not a promise that drops by the wayside and says in Joshua. All the promises of God, yes and amen, and what? And Jesus, not in me making it happen, in him. Why? Because God, everyone said together, God is able. And we talked about a couple weeks ago, we wouldn't have Christmas if God didn't have the zeal to make it happen. What does he see? He saw God's plan from the beginning of time, which was salvation. From the time Adam and Eve fell, I have a plan to restore man back in the relationship with me. He saw it all the way from the beginning. The salvation, not for just the Israelites, but also for the whole world. He saw us sitting here right now. That's what he saw when he saw the baby. He saw God. Remember we said last week, it wasn't a baby growing up to be God. He saw God. He put God, it says he put God in his hands. I had to be there. I carried God just for a moment. I let you carry me. 
Right? <laughs> Think about it. What is he talking about? Through his birth, through his death, and through his resurrection. Now, now we have access back to God. He reconciled the world back to him, and we're all part of that. That's what makes this season the greatest season. That was a gift because I did not deserve it. His word never fails. It never drops empty. As high as the heavens, as the snow and the rain comes down through the mountains and deposits on the earth, it doesn't go back up. It doesn't evaporate. It does what it's supposed to do. So goes his word. When it comes, it's going to do the thing he said do it. In fact, I love what it says. We're in the days of Jeremiah now. I'm looking right now to perform my word in the earth. That's what he's doing. He said, everything seems to be going that way. Yeah, because he's ready to show a miracle watch things take place. His word never fails. So you can rest assured in his word. And But when you receive the promise, sometimes you don't really think, is that what I was waiting for? Most of God's promises, God, in fact, every one of those promises that he has promised us is usually for someone else. It's going to benefit other people. Why are you blessed? To be what? Yeah. Why are you here? To be a blessing. When you stop, when you forget that, there's nothing to celebrate. There's nothing to celebrate. But God, Jesus was blessed to be, bring blessing to each and every one of us. What is he saying? To reveal the light. What's that light, Pastor Rich? He says, prepare for all the presence of people, which I just said. Jesus is the light. And true light enlightens everyone in the room. Every promise from God to me has a purpose for others. When you get the promise revealed, you have a purpose revealed. When the promise is fulfilled, you'll have a purpose that's revealed. Light to the Gentiles. Israelites going to receive the comforter of the world. Every single promise for you is a purpose for others. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Because when he saw, when you see, when I see and realize, and God revealed to me the depths of my sin in my life and how much I hurt him, then I realized the very love and the very mercy and the very grace of God. He did something I did not deserve and I received. I cannot wait to share that with others because I don't want them to go without it. I don't want them to leave this holding place without it. And when I sh- the more I share, the more thankful I am. When I don't share... I'm not thankful. There's no, there's no gratitude because I think I wasn't that bad. So God just gave me a little bit. But really, we were so bad that someone had to die for each and every one of us. 
Someone had to die. Because Jesus represents the public display of God's mercy and God's grace. But most of all, his love. When you see Jesus, you see the public display of God's love and grace. He does not desire anyone to go without it. No one to go without it. He doesn't desire anyone just to be survived, to be surviving. He wants everyone to thrive. He wants you to have life, more than a life, life in abundance. The God type of life. That's why he sent his son all, that's what the plan is, sent his son all the way down to do that. And here's the other thing. Since it says here, Jesus, really, he's the light of salvation. It said when he showed up, he enlightened everyone around him. And the light showed up and the darkness couldn't comprehend. The darkness couldn't touch it. And just like he is the public display of God's love and God's grace, he says we are the light of the world and we're a public demonstration and a public display of God's love and his grace to the world. He says when you go into a place, you light up the whole place, guys. You're the church. You say, I'm in a God-forsaken job. No, it isn't because you're sitting right in the middle of it. It was. It isn't anymore. Why? Because the light came into my life, and I want the light to come into their life. Come on now. Right? Think think how we need to realize how blessed we are. And then when you get down to verse 33, 35, Simeon was amazed. He saw the salvation. He saw the promise. Now I'm ready to die. He says, I'm ready to die because I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I was able to see. But then he wouldn't. He starts singing. He starts singing to Mary and Joseph. And Joseph and Mary's like, who is this cat taking this baby out of my hand? <laughs> right? You know, mama was like, I, I don't know who you are. Plus, you look like, I don't know. You, are, you on, are you checked out on the list? You know, today's list, like, I don't know. Are you on the offenders list? Because you ain't taking my baby. Takes the baby and prophesies, singing, tells her this baby is going to be in charge. He's going to be responsible for the up and the down of others. And he's going to, something that's going to happen to him is going to pierce your heart. He's prophesying to them. And they took it. Was he saying, he's predicting his birth, his life and his death. Mary, you're going to see him the way he's going to have to reject you to serve the world. And you're going to see him die on the cross. You're going to be there. He's going to pierce your heart. And then you have Anna shows up. Anna been waiting in the temple all these days. And she comes up and she just says, oh, my gosh, he is here. You know, every day I get up and I get in my word and I get with God. God, every day you're here. There's something to be excited about. What happens? Sometimes it happens and all of us get older. Like you're talking about the kids and it's a gift. It's a gift. Every day should be a gift. Why? Because God gave it to us. So in the purpose revealed, what he saw was the very plan of God, of salvation for all of us. And then he said, I want you not to hold on to it. I want you to share it. I don't want you to be like children when they say, mine, mine, mine. I want you, what you have is not for you, it's for other people. And look how he wants us to do it today. Matthew 5, because he said Jesus is the light. I may agree with that. He's a true light down light. He says also we're a light. 
Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, he says this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before who? So that you may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus intended for us to have influence in the world. He says we are the light of the world. I remember when I was stationed in, overseas in Germany. There's a guy who was very, he knew God. He was, a, he was amazing. But I tell you what, he was the most miserable person I've ever seen in my life. When we told him to go to work, he said, you're persecuting me. I said, no, you got to work, man. You can't read your Bible all day. But when I looked at him, I said, I don't want any of that. Then I, I met someone the opposite. When I was walking home one time, the guy picked me up in his car. And I got in the car, and he said, how are you walking home, Amory? Where you, I mean, where are you going? Heading down here, sir. And he knows I had a little too much to drink. And he, he, starts, he starts sharing and everything else. He says, I'll pick you up tomorrow and bring you up to work and everything. I was in that car. I'm like, man, this is very uncomfortable. This guy is like, and he's sitting here talking to me, and he wants to talk. He became my supervisor, Sergeant Gray. And he was amazing. But when his light shined, he was so excited about God. I'd never seen anyone like it. They would tell him, if you don't do this, he said, that's okay. Jesus will take care of me, but I'm going to work hard. He has something about him that, yeah, I want something. See, what you see talking about is wherever we walk some places, it's dark because we're not, there's no Christians there. Oh, there might be Christians there who put a lamp on their head. You ever see them undercover Christians? They don't want to share their faith because, you know, it's just me and Jesus. You're scared. In fact, you don't, you're not excited about what he's done for you anymore. It's become routine. But you walk into a place... And you know, our job, first, when he says with salt, is to make people thirsty. You know how they, on the plane they give you peanuts so you can drink that expensive soda? Right? <laughs> That's what they give you, that, I mean, popcorn in the movies, right? So you can, yeah, right? You would not need to drink if you can't eat popcorn. I can't eat popcorn. I'm not drinking anything. I try to sneak water in there. It's free. Right? Donna taught me that. Snacks. <laughs> snacks and we had snacks and then we opened up there. So that's a good snack. Good. Anyway. But <laughs> she's always prepared. She's a loggy. Anyway. She's a lot. I'm sorry, honey. Anyway. They can check out bag when we go in. But it's amazing when you walk into a place and you're there. You're saying, Pastor Rich, what is my mission field? What do you work at? What campus are you on? What are you waiting for? And I said, well, I think everyone might. No, they're not. See, we live in a town that everyone's religious, but very few have the relationship. Because grandma and everyone had a relationship with God, and they dragged you to church, so you know all the language. We know all the setup. But really, when you push through, there's nothing there. Because if you follow the Holy Spirit, people can tell. So you get prepared. You get prepared getting up in the morning, 
not for you, for the others. At this time of year, when they're feeling the pain of Christmas, they lost a loved one, and the only Jesus they get to see is you sitting at your desk. Or you in the store. They know what the Bible, I hear people, I know what the Bible says, I'm just looking for those who walk with it. And that's a challenge because we let life become our dictator, not the Holy Spirit. Think about it. The greatest gift today that we received is Jesus Christ. I don't have any money. I know, but the greatest gift you got was Jesus Christ. And that's priceless. Because why? You're priceless. Now we're learning about Christianity today. A key word that we're all learning as a church. The word kindness and love. How kindness is overpowering people today. Letting them in line. Talking to the cashier. Reading their name and say, hey, thank you, Sarah, for doing this for us. They're like, they're taken back because kindness is the secret of the Holy Spirit. Love is the main thing why we're here. Because the greatest love on the planet, the greatest love story on the planet put us all here today. And then you don't know how to love, he'll teach you how to love. And the greatest thing we have, the promise, we already have one promise fulfilled. He came. Now the second promise is being fulfilled. He's coming back. So in between the first and the second, I got to make sure I have a great crowd with him of witnesses when he comes back. That's anticipation. I already know it's going to happen. I don't know the timing. And please do not get around people. I think he's, Jesus said, even I don't know when my dad's coming back. So stop looking about and start um, administering the people. That's exciting. That is the hope and insurance I have of Jesus. Where are you at? Where is your life right now? Is it in the intersection of I think I know him, or I need to know him. The difference is, when I ask you a question about your life, where you're going to think you'll be in 10 years or 20 years, or if God came back, and he come, I mean, things come back, uh, eternity comes quick. We're learning that. How you respond, well, I think I am, because my, I, I do great, I good, good things. Well, that's not, I don't want you to live your life on our hope. I think I am. How come when you want you to be as short as as short as Simeon was? I'm assured, Simeon, I, I'm assured that he's got, I'm gonna see the promise. I'm assured that when he comes back the second time, we and him will have some, we're gonna have some great time. I'm assured when I leave here, I'm gonna go from one pre, from your presence to his presence. And I better learn how to worship on this side because that's all they do up there. I'm assured. Are you assured? Are you assured? Have you lost the fervor of gratitude? Are you sure? Lord just said, ask, are you sure? 
If you're not sure, here's the intersection of grace and mercy right here at your door. And the Bible says, when he comes knocking on your heart, do not harden it. He's knocking on some of your hearts. I don't know who you are, but he does. He put you right here today in the intersection of my love and my grace for you. Every head, every head bow, every eye closed. And Father, before I even say anything, I'm asking right now through your Holy Spirit. You're knocking on hearts. You're renewing passion. But most of all, Lord, you want your children. You're not slacking your promise. You want everyone to come to the truth. And you are the truth. Truth is the person, not a concept. So, Father, as you knock on their hearts, Father, I pray they will respond. And not hard and say, well, I got more time. Father, you know, you are the author of all time. So, Father, there's no better time than today that we receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. That's priceless, because you consider all of us priceless. So, Father, I ask right now, as you're beating on people's hearts, you're, just, you're knocking on their hearts, they'll respond to you. If that's you, and God's knock, just knocking on your heart and said, come, just come. Come, receive me, come, come. Give your life to me. Stop trying to handle it yourself. Trust me. Know that I am the one who ordained this plan. From the foundation of the earth, before there was a time, I made a time. That's you. I want to see, I want to, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus right now, this moment, this greatest gift. If that's you, wherever you are, no one's looking. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Anybody. Thank you. Anyone else? It's your time. Thank you. Anyone else? It's your time. So I want to be sure. Anyone else? perfect gift. Say, Pastor Rich, I want to be sure. I want to live my life on a maybe. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for those who raised their hands. Father, I thank you they received the greatest gift on the planet. The gift of love unconditionally. The gift of grace that we didn't earn. The gift of mercy which we didn't deserve are in their hearts this morning. Father, I thank you for the greatest gift on the planet. Your son, Jesus Christ. I ask God that you, those who are here, Recapture their hearts in the passion of you. Let them know the declaration of faith is God is able that overrides all the things in our lives. Seems like I'm in a bad place, but God is able. I'm in between, but God is able. Instill your gratitude again. Let them know. Life is amazing because you are our Savior and Lord.
and you weren't a baby growing up to be God. You called the incarnation. You became God as you became. You are God, and you became like man to visit us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.